Hello and welcome to the Oz Investing Podcast, the podcast for the everyday investor. Just a quick note before we begin today's podcast is that nothing in this podcast should be considered as personal financial advice. If you're ever in doubt about your financial situation, please reach out to a qualified financial advisor. With all that said and done, let's get into today's episode. This is part B of episode five, where we talk about popular evaluation models for stock analysis and go through an evaluation of A2 milk using one of the techniques. Now, you know, uh, once we qualify the companies through these particular gates, uh, we move on to another important element is, you know, how much do we really want to pay for owning a part of the company, right? Uh, in the valuations. Uh, how much the business is worth and what's its fair value, its intrinsic value. Now, see, the truth be told is valuation is pretty subjective, right? As it takes into consideration certain assumptions uh, based on coming back to that first element is how well you understand the business. Now, there are different valuation models out there in the market. I think uh, a lot of analysts use different valuation methods. There's no one correct method because I think you try to use valuations, uh, evaluating, uh, sorry, valuation methods, you know, use one against the other to try and see how close you are to your assumptions. So you could have multiple valuation method used for, you know, one type of company, right? So there's no clear cut or, or an absolute true measure in terms of just one valuation technique out there, which is absolutely correct. You have to use them in, in conjunction and, you know, and complements of each other to make sure that, you are as close to the valuation as possible based on your understanding of that business. So mm-hmm. coming into you know those different ma- models out there, there, there's something which is pretty popular, which is the present value models, which under the present value models, something called as the discounted free cash flow to just see how much you can predict going forward, leveraging the existing numbers and your understanding of the business that this particular company can generate for you in the future and then discounted backwards to see what the true value of the current company is right so this predominantly works well with you know certain blue chip companies who've been there done that and you know you could go with some level of confidence as to you know how much they could grow in the future and then you know discount those particular future cash flows to present values to see what the you know what the value of the business is currently worth and what you're okay to enough to purchase so as i said it works well for blue chip companies like csl Woolsworth. they've been there done that and you know you can move ahead with certain levels of confidence where this may not be a true indicator could be in terms of you know certain financial companies because free cash flow calculations can be skewed as compared to you know the typical operating uh, operating companies right it's a little different in the way they they function so it may not really work well with financial companies another element in the present value method would be using a dividend discount model and this really works well for companies paying out profits to stakeholders on a regular basis so you can use that for companies who are you know regular dividend payers and to give you a certain ideas to you know how uh, how much they could be uh, worth when you're really buying or purchasing a particular share now both of these methods are popular and fundamentally sound and used by a lot of analysts and professional investors. However, the drawback to these methods is we are estimating future values and is based on the input you plug in. So it's 
essential you understand the business you know what uh, because as i said even you you can no one can predict what the future is but it's a relative estimate as to based on the historical performance of the company that you have used to say and forecast what it can generate in the future so that's that's one of the drawbacks of this method now another method which is there as i said present value was one method and under present value these these two popular methods we spoke about there is something called as an asset based value model where as the name suggests right we we're trying to get the fair value of the assets minus the fair value of its liabilities in effect would be equivalent to its fair value of the company now it's a little different to book value present on the balance sheet and it's ideally used for you know companies closer to liquidations or which have a lot of tangible assets such as you know oil companies right and look at some of the drawbacks of this method is like you know it's difficult to actually arrive at the fair value of the assets as i said it's a little different from the book value present on the balance sheet so hence you know exactly pinpointing to see what the fair value of the assets is uh, could be a bit of a challenge now in addition to this one there is something a very popular and a quick quick method sometimes which i use for valuations is using the multiples model have you heard about different multiples out there right uh, we talk about uh, mm. one is how do these multiples stack up against companies in a particular industry so you compare companies of a particular industry based on the principle that you can compare if a company is expensive or cheap as as compared to a similar company within that same industry right so for example like a woolies and a coles right they're two different um, companies but within that same uh, segment so yep. that's just that's how you try to use those particular uh, you know multiples or the multiple models now uh, when you come when you're coming to look at it from certain popular numbers or some sub, uh, sorry certain popular multiples we look at the enterprise value now what does the enterprise value really mean is it's you take into consideration the market cap which by definition is you know the price of the per share into the number of shares and then you add the net debt now the net debt in effect is uh, nothing but your long and short term debt plus any of your you know the cash you may have at hand so you you have to calculate this particular enterprise value and it predominantly tries to tell you that you know hey if you want to buy this company how much would it really be and company mm. as a whole now some of the um, resources online already do this calculation for you and like something like a yahoo finance already does this you know if you want to quickly just go in and have a look at it so using the enterprise value as one of its element uh, we use ratios like enterprise value by uh, ebitda or the enterprise value by sales and you know when you're looking at the ratios when you when uh, using these two elements we predominantly use these ratios for companies you know that are not profitable right um, they've not yet recorded any profits but you know maybe if you think that uh it's really a good business model it's worth investing your time in it, it can give you an idea as to you you know how much this ratio is all about and uh you can go further and investigate it further and see other elements within this particular business another element is using this multiple model is through the stock price right we've heard about the pe ratio which is very very common uh, that is nothing but the price to earning ratio 
um, yeah. predominantly used for you know quite a few companies in different sectors and different industries. There is something called as a price to free cash flow ratio, which is again complementary with DCF to make sure that you know uh, whether a company is cheap or expensive. Then there is the price per sales ratio again, which can be used in regards very similar to the enterprise value for companies which are not profitable and can be, as I said, those two can be paired together to see how cheap or expensive that company is. And for financial companies, uh, I think a commonly used ratio is like the price per book value, you know. Now, as I said, these valuation techniques are used as complement to each other right you can you can compare numbers with one and the other if you're using the discounted cash flow then you can use the as i said price to discounted cash flow ratio to just see how expensive or how cheap the company is what its valuation is currently so uh, it's as i said there's no uh, you know clear cut one method which really solves all problems it's something like you know you can use these methods with each other to try and understand how far you are from the actual valuations of the company and make sure that what assumptions you have put together put forward hold true in a way yep awesome thanks for that explanation jude so we'll kind of just try and tie all this back to a2 milk and try to actually get a fair value for a2 now, this, you know, is probably going to be interesting for most people, but just keep in mind that there's going to be a fair amount of assumptions um, involved with this. And obviously, this is not any kind of financial advice. So for a company such as A2 Milk, which is predominantly a product-based uh, company, uh, we're going to be using a discounted cash flow method. So I'm going to be talking through the Monash Provise simple discounted cash flow method. And if you want further information, um, please do um, have a bit of a Google search or a YouTube search. So some of this is going to be obviously a little bit hard to follow um, on a podcast, but I'm going to try and do my best uh, to make this as simple as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So firstly, there's uh, some inputs and assumptions that we need uh, for this particular model. Um, so what we're going to be doing is uh, we need a growth rate for the first uh, one to five years, and then we need a second growth rate for the um, period of six to ten years. So the reason for this is the growth rate uh, for the first uh, five years is going to be larger um, than the second period uh, because this is kind of the natural uh, expectation of a company it's going to slow down later over time so you're going to pick one growth rate um, that's going to be a little bit larger and then it will slow down a little bit for for the second period so what we've done for a2 is we picked 20 percent for that first period and 15 mm-hmm. percent uh, for the second period. So it slows down a little bit to 15% uh, for year six to 10. So next, what we need to do is we need a discounted rate for our expected return. So generally speaking, because you're picking an individual stock, you you want a growth rate to be higher than the market, right? Because mm. we're doing all this homework, we're doing all this analysis, you want to make a decent rate of return. So good default is 15%. So if your stock is able to provide you 15% or more, I think you're doing very well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll choose 15%. Uh, next, we need a terminal value. So this is a value that should be between 10 and 15. Mm-hmm. So this depends on how bullish or bearish you are uh, with the company. So 
if you're a little bit more on the conservative side of things, you would pick a terminal value closer to 10. But if you're very confident in the company, very bullish, you would pick something higher um, and, and pick something closer to 15. What we've done for A2s, we've chosen 13. So that's a little bit of a midpoint. And, and also this is kind of consistent with uh, the growth rates uh, that, that we picked. So once we've got those, there's three more final uh, numbers uh, that we need. So we also need the cash and cash equivalents, the number of outstanding shares, and then also finally the free cash flow. So all these numbers are used um, from the latest financial statements. So we're using numbers from the 1920 period. So if we actually run all, all these numbers uh, into our model, uh, what we actually get is an intrinsic value of $10 billion, and then finally a value of $13.56 per share uh, for this particular model. Now, I wanna just mention a couple of things. So firstly, we wanna try and, and buy into the company with a margin of safety. So this is what Warren Buffett and, and a lot of really good investors do. They, they never pay uh, the intrinsic value. They're, they're always buying in at a good margin of safety. So if you want to be really conservative, you, you would go for a very big margin of safety, something like 50%. But if you're more confident on the company, uh, you can go for a slightly lower margin of safety. Uh, so somewhere between 20 to 30%, uh, for example. So taking this example that we're doing with A2 milk, a 20% margin of safety, uh, then will be a price of $10.85. But I want to just kind of step through just the latest kind of information that occurred in December of, of last year. So there was actually a trading halt on the 17th of December, and then there was some revised guidance given on the 18th. So with the new guidance, the forecasted revenue for uh, FY21 is expected to actually come to $1.4 to $1.5 billion. Uh, so this is actually a bit of a drop from the previous forecast that was given in September, which was between $1.8 to $1.9 uh, billion. And also the group EBITDA margin for FY21 uh, will be somewhere between 26 and 29%. So, okay, how, how do we take this all into account now and, and adjust our model uh, with, with this uh, revised guidance? Well, what we, what we can do is we can kind of just estimate how much this is going to impact our free cash flow. So there's going to be about a 15% drop in the, uh, in, in the revenue that's being provided, but we're going to go even more conservative. And what we've done in this particular model is we've kind of factored in a 20% drop uh, in the free cash flow for the second year, being very conservative. But from year three, four, five onwards, we're expecting the previous 20% growth that we initially assumed. So we're, we're saying that during the second year, it's going to be um, impacted um, by obviously what's going on with COVID and, and the drop in sales in China. Um, but we're expecting that to, to kind of pick up and recover later on from year three onwards. So if we factor all that in, run the numbers again, what we actually then get is an intrinsic value of $9.58. 
and then with a 20% margin of safety, that brings it to be $7.66. Now, as we're recording this, this is on the 3rd of January uh, 2021. Uh, so share market closed on, on the Friday. This is a Sunday, so it closed at $11.45, just for context sake. But as I mentioned before previously, the fair value is, is only an estimate and what we're doing here is 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 not providing any kind of buy sell um, decision based on uh, what we've discussed. We're just simply kind of stepping through an example, and please do your own research or seek professional advice uh, before making any kind of investment. Perfect. I think that's that's really good, Sam. Thanks for going over those particular steps in the valuation method. And I think right, thanks for even showcasing, you know, how things can change, right? Like uh, based on mm. earlier estimates and assumptions versus revised estimates and assumptions, that was pretty good, right? Because there would be significant changes in terms of what you value a company based on, you know, the guidelines received from the companies themselves. Now, you know, and that, therefore you need to be up to date with what's really happening with the companies. Um, you know, and again, going back to the main points, right, you know, understanding the business and also understanding the news around the business, right? It's very important to have those elements covered. And you could, you know, with your example, you could clearly show that, you know, what was estimated earlier is no longer the case right now. And that has an impact about when you evaluate, uh, or sorry, when you value a particular company. Awesome. Thanks, Jude. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you all for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Happy New Year again to all our listeners. And if you haven't done so already, please check out our website. It's oz-investing.com, spelled O-Z-investing, and consider joining our email list. Also, check us out on social media. There are links to our social pages on our website. And if you'd like to contact us, please do so. Send us an email at ozinvesting2020 at gmail.com or through the contact section on our website. So with all that said and done, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll catch you in the next episode. See you later.